Well, the words that we use and the way that we say them make a difference, don't they? And the focus of the message this morning is on how to use your words wisely. We're in the third week of a message series on the book of Proverbs, and in that book we're, we're looking at some of the major themes that Solomon brings up. And in Proverbs, Solomon has over 47 Proverbs that deal with the foolish and the wise use of our words. Words have power, don't they? Uh, power to do good and power to do harm. Power to encourage and power to discourage. Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs believing that words have power, right? I mean, he says right at the beginning, I'm writing these things hoping that you'll listen to them and that you'll live your life wisely because of them. He believed that words made a difference. And he writes this in Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of our words. If um, you know how to use words wisely, there'll be fruit from that. There'll be benefits from it. People will like you for one thing, right? Uh, don't you just love to be around people who whose words are life-giving, who build you up? And yet, if we use words foolishly, he says there's fruit from that as well. People's lives get torn down. And uh, people don't want to be around you so much. Not so much. It's important to notice here that Solomon is using two extreme outcomes. He says, life and death. Two extremes. Words are not neutral. They either build up or they tear down. We can be hurt by words or we can be inspired by words, right? Uh, I have a dream, Martin Luther King Jr. We can hurt others with our words or we can inspire others with our words. There's a saying that we're all familiar with about sticks and stones, right? Let's say it together. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Everyone's mother taught them that, didn't they? (laughs) Or someone along the line, right? Is it true? I think that was supposed to inspire us as children to just kind of let the cruel things that people say, and especially kids, roll off of our back and get on with life, and there's some wisdom in that. But at the same time, the truth is, even if we forgive, even if we ignore things that are said, words do hurt. Uh, especially if they come from someone we trusted or thought was a friend, words can leave scars. Some of you may be carrying around wounds from someone's words, and, and those words are words that can't be taken back. A parent may have already passed on. A friendship may have ended. You may have moved on to a new job, but the words said still stink. It's important to use our words wisely, especially as followers of Jesus Christ. And it honors God, it builds strong friendships. So if you're taking notes, go ahead and pull out your message notes as we look at four keys to using our words wisely. And since we're studying the book of Proverbs, I tried to write my own little Proverbs here for our points uh, today. But 
The first one is, don't speak hastily. The wise person gives careful thought to their words. You know, as I think about uh, words that I've said that I later regretted, the vast majority of the time, those words were words that I said hastily. Is that true for you? I mean, you just let it go. <laughs> and if we give ourselves time to think before we speak, we'll either just to decide to hold our tongue completely, uh, let it go, or find a better way to say it, a more helpful way to say what we had originally thought. Uh, Solomon, this is his warning. He says, do you see someone who speaks in haste? There's more hope for a fool than for them. Now, I don't know if you're reading through the book of Proverbs or not, but if you are, there's not much hope for a fool, is there? I mean, it's pretty obvious in there. I mean, they just don't listen uh, to people's input or they're trying to keep them out of trouble. They don't learn from their errors. There's not much hope for a fool. And he's saying it, it's foolish to speak before you think because there will be consequences that come from hasty words. Um, hasty words, when said in anger, are usually hurtful words, aren't they? Um, Proverbs twelve eighteen says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. Has, have you ever had somebody say something to you and it just felt like a knife going into your heart? I mean, uh, it's, I think that's especially true when someone says something that it kind of attacks your identity. Whenever you call somebody a fool or uh, say that they're lazy or that they are a liar or a loser or a loner, those, those kinds of words go right at the heart of who the person is, their character and their essence and their self-perception. Self those words hurt. Um, or if someone is critical of something that you did and, you know, you put your best into it, maybe, you, maybe it was something that you thought God had gifted you for and you did your best and then someone was critical of it, that really hurts. Words can feel like a sword attack. Hasty words hurt the other person. But Solomon says, not only do we hurt others when we speak before we think, he says that we do ourselves harm when we speak hastily. Uh, Proverbs 13, 3, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. When, when we're careful with our words, uh, then we save our own lives, he says. When we speak rashly, we come to ruin. Uh, have you ever known anyone who was fired because of words that they said to their boss or an, em an employer that lost an employee because of words, uh, a marriage that was destroyed because of words, a relationship with a child? We, we come to ruin when we speak rashly. Proverbs 15, 15, 28 says, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Your words have power to inspire. So think carefully before you speak. And then the second word of advice that we find in Proverbs about our words, it's better to bite your tongue than to speak harshly. The wise give a gentle answer. 
If you speak harshly to someone, that just stirs up the situation and things escalate into an argument. But if you can calm yourself, think before you speak, and then are gentle when you respond, that diffuses things. Solomon said it this way better than I did. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh, a harsh word stirs up anger. You know, it's kind of a double whammy. If you speak hastily and harshly, that's a recipe for disaster. You'll say both something that you regret, and you'll stir, stir up the other person, and uh, it's kind of all downhill from there. But if you think carefully before you speak, and then give a gentle response, you'll be much more likely to save your friendship and preserve your relationship. And the third thing, be penny-pinching when praising yourself, but generous when praising others. It's wise to build up others. It's helpful, it's good, but it's foolish to sing your own praises. Uh, There's a story about a certain pond on a farm in the east where two ducks and a frog lived. Is it obvious it's a fictional story yet? (laughs) Well, there may be one, but as we go, you'll see. Anyway, these these neighbors were best friends. They did everything together. They played together. But as the summer got hot, the water in that pond began to evaporate, and the pond got smaller and smaller until they realized, we're going to have to find a new home, which was not a problem for the, the ducks, right? They just flew around. They found a new body of water, but it was miles away, too far for the frog to hop. So they came up with an idea. Well, each of us will hold a stick in our bill, and the frog will grab on with his mouth, and we will take him to the other lake. So they take off across the sky with the frog dangling from the stick, and the farmer looks up, and he says, Wow, what a great idea. I wonder who thought of that. And the frog said, I did. (laughs) Pride comes before a fall. And in the frog's case, it was quite a drop. But uh, when we build ourselves up, we set ourselves up, don't we? I mean, how many times have you heard somebody boasting or bragging and then something doesn't go quite so well and then everybody's kind of glad that, you know, they kind of got theirs because they were so boastful. When we build ourselves up, We set ourselves up. Solomon gives these instructions. Let someone else praise you, and not your own mouth. An outsider, and not your own lips. And I like what the Apostle Paul said about this. He said that he refrained from boasting, so that no one would think more of him than was warranted by what they could observe from his life. And, you know, if we let our life speak, then we won't need to praise ourselves. Others will do that for you and about you. Let someone else praise you, and then use your words instead to build up and encourage others. We all need encouragement. Um, And, you know, it's not enough just to guard our words and be careful not to be hasty or harsh with our words. 
We need to speak words of encouragement into people's lives. They need that. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul talks about our life as uh, like a race that we're running. And if you've ever run a race, you know that you need encouragement along the way. Uh, and I was thinking, imagine a race where everyone, all the spectators along the side of the road were just standing there passively. There's no cheering. Nobody's holding up a sign, keep going, don't quit, you can do it. Um, that would be an incredibly long run. You would be on your own. You'd have to come up with your own encouragement. It's wise to invest in and encourage others. You never know how God will use that to keep somebody from giving up on their race or quitting on a ministry that they felt called to. You don't know when a little word of praise or, you know, I appreciate you or something like that will make someone's day. And then Proverbs 15:23 says, a person finds joy in giving an apt reply and how good is a timely word. And then the next one Proverbs twelve twenty five anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And I wonder um, who do you know that maybe needs some encouragement? Uh, is there somebody that you need to send a note to this week, or an email, or a text, or whatever means of communication you use? Is there somebody you could give a call? You can be that person encouraging them to keep going. You can make a difference with your words. And then the last um, step or key is to use your words for God's glory and his purposes. Solomon says in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we recognize who God is, that he created us, that our lives were bought at a great price, and God calls us to use our life and our words for his purposes and his glory. And there are three very important ways that we can do this that I want to go over with you. And the first is to be a voice for the voiceless. As you look at Jesus' life throughout his time on earth, Jesus preached the good news to the poor. He spoke out against the religious leaders and any who were oppressing people and gaining at other people's expense. And if we're going to align our words and use them in the way that Jesus did, we need to find word, a way to use our words to be advocates for those with no voice. There's so much injustice in the world. And with Facebook, social media, by voting, getting involved in our schools, at the food bank, and in the free store, we can make an impact on injustice and on poverty in America and around the world. Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Is there someone that you know or some need, some way that you can use your words or your voice for someone else? And then the second way to bring glory to God and to use our words for his purpose is to pray. It's a very powerful way to use your words. God is able to do what we can't. Um, I was reading this week once again about the nearly 300 Christian girls who have been kidnapped in Nigeria uh, by um, 
Muslim extremist. And these young girls have been taken from their families and their homes. And, you know, when they were first kidnapped, there was this big hashtag campaign, you know, on Twitter and stuff, you know, bring our girls back. And, and it was right there in the public eye. But then when nothing happened, it's kind of gone out of sight. And um, the captors have just kind of laughed at all of that. And there's protests going on all the time in Nigeria. It has no effect on them. And this last week, they were supposed to return some of the girls, and instead they kidnapped some more. They need our prayers. They are sisters in Christ, and that's just one of many situations around the world where prayer is needed. With God, all things are possible. And Solomon says this in Proverbs 15, 29, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. God hears our prayers. He answers prayer. We've heard that this morning. So use your words to lift up prayers for others and, and for the needs in your own life. And then finally, uh, you can bring glory to God and use your words for his purposes when you use your words to share your faith in Christ. And this is uh, the wisest use of your words, is to use them to offer um, your friends and family, the people that God has put in your life, an opportunity to receive life in Christ, eternal life. Proverbs 18.21 says, and this is our memory verse, so let's read it together this time. Proverbs 18.21, A thin life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18:21. Over and over in the Gospels, you see Jesus calling people to himself, saying, come, follow me. And as we invest our lives in others and we're encouraging them, that we're alongside of them as they're running their race, God will give us opportunities to, to invite them to move closer to, closer, to step into God and his life. So pray for people and watch for opportunities to extend an invitation to church, to a small group, or to serve in some way. Uh, it's not too late to invite into your small group. I guess we have three new people in our groups this time because people use their words to invite. Does anybody remember our mission statement? Ooh, it's coming. I <laughs> Our lives. I see you all going for your bulletins. I, at least you know where it is. That's good. Some of you got them down here. And <laughs> Let's read it or say it together. To ignite God's love in our lives as we reach out to the world. All right. That's our mission. That's our focus as our church and one of the most important and wise uh, ways that we can use our words. We're going to have numerous opportunities to invite people. Uh, when you see them at the trick-or-treat, somebody you know, say, hey, I go to this church, invite them in. Uh, we've got children's Christmas program coming up and the cantata Christmas Eve. There's just so many uh, wonderful things that we can invite people into. And, you know, we have church every Sunday too, worship every Sunday. So use your words wisely. Don't speak harshly or hastily. Build up and encourage others. 
and use your words for God's glory and purposes. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we, we praise you. We thank you. We especially thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who is the cornerstone of our life. And if we build our lives on him uh, and on his words, then we have a solid foundation. Please give us the courage, Jesus, to invite others into that and so that they have you as the cornerstone of their life and, and have that um, meaning and purpose and that your spirit would guide them in the use of their words. And Lord, we thank you for this church and the ways that you've used it in the past. Help us always to use our words wisely so that we are a witness to you. Help us to provide a place where people can come in and hear about you and hear that word of God spoken. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.